This is Space Waffles. This fixation with Kenobi. A Star Wars podcast. Welcome to This Fixation with Kenobi, our Obi-Wan Kenobi recap show. I'm Arzu, and with me are Candace. Hello there. Maggie. Hello there. Norhal. Hello there. Rachel. Hello there. And Andrew. Hello. All right. Mr. Word. He's episode three, Kenobi. With just the hello and no there. Or maybe this episode. (laughs) Very true. So we are talking, as Andrew hinted at, and as I might have said off the top, but I don't remember anymore, episode five of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes, it ended last week, or I guess by the time you're listening to this, almost two weeks ago. But we are still very much feeling the Kenobi love. We're ready to talk about this. We're ready to feel some more. We're ready to talk about Hayden Christensen's face. So... Without further ado, we're going to kick things off. So do we want to start on the flashback? (laughs) Yeah, okay. We're going to start on the flashback. Absolutely. So the gasp heard round the world. Episode five starts with a view of pre-war Coruscant and a very familiar short hair, rat tail. Everybody screams and around turns Hayden Christensen. Let's let's go. Just this episode is really Vader slash Anakin's episode. He's the main mm-hmm. character. I love how they made that the focus. Yes. And I enjoyed how the flashback took us back to the, let's say, Padawan, Anakin, right before or maybe around Attack of the Clones when it's 20 years, the 20th anniversary of Attack mm-hmm. of the Clones, which is fantastic. When I tell you... I cried. I'm currently tearing up right now just thinking about it. Like, it's 20 years, man. 20 years and we finally got it. And I felt like this was, like, the moment that we've just been waiting for with this. And again, like, they have been so good with how they dole out flashbacks and how they dole out the callbacks that we're craving. Like, it's never too much and it's always delivered right when you need it. The way that they use this flashback to serve the plot of the story and the way that it is threaded through that interaction we get at the end is just beautiful. Beautiful. I agree. Just like Hayden Christensen's face. Just like it worked so well with the episode, but just like at at like a surface value, just seeing Hayden as young Anakin again, like when I was rewatching it for this episode, it just made me happy to see that again. Just like when everything was fine, pre-war, they're still together. It was, it just made me happy as a Star Wars fan to see that again and to see Hayden's been received so well again back in, back into the fandom with this, the show. And it just, it meant so much to see him playing Anakin again and also Vader. But that flashback just, I, I'm tearing up as well. Rachel, I know you wanted to be on this specifically because we bonded over that beautiful face. We did bond over that beautiful face. Listen, Andrew, you said being welcomed back in. He was never unwelcome for some yes, of us. Yes. Some of us were like Hayden Defense Squad from the time I was what? like Hide or die. Yes. <laughs> Maggie were what, like 10, 9 or 10 when, these, when Attack of the Clones came out and on? I guess I was 10 when Attack of the Clones came out. I was 20 years old. But like, yeah. Arzu and I, should I tell the story? Of- tell the story. Tell yes. the story. Uh, I, before the pandemic, was supposed to meet you and Aiden at the Boston Comic Con. I was also supposed to meet no. Chris Evans. Like, it was this whole, like, cool weekend and then COVID. So they canceled that. Um, and then, so when he was coming to New York Comic Con, I was like, I'm getting a picture at least. 
And then it was a very bad weekend for my personal life. And so I said, whatever, and bought an autograph. But I didn't expect, like, I'm a journalist. I talk to celebrities regularly. Like, I do these cool, like, press conference stuff where I talk to them. And I'm 99% of the time chill. Like, just talked to Taryn Edgerton and was cool about it, which is weird for me because I love him so much. I was not chill walking into the line to, like, meet Hayden Christensen. And Arzu, like, she didn't have, like, a autograph or a picture or anything. And I was like, do you want to just come through the line with me? They're not going to care. And she was like, okay. So the two of us were waiting in this line for, like, an hour and a half. And we're just, like, standing in the line. And the closer we got, the more I was, like, just giggling, like, a little, like, schoolgirl the entire time. She also almost fought somebody over the prequels. In yeah, the oh. yes, this wait, time. they were hating on the prequels while they were in line. They were autograph hounds. hating Christensen. They were autograph hounds. They weren't yeah, actually there. There was a child with a, like, an, yeah. a Funko that he was like, I got this Funko exclusive so I could like resell it at a higher value. And I was like, like Rachel was ready to deck this Funko. That's yeah, a I was weird like, flex. Yeah, yeah. Was, what are you doing? But so me and Arzu like finally get in. And the whole time we were in line, I just kept giggling. And finally, someone goes, Oh, I'm excited too. Like, it's really cute. Like, have you met celebrities before? And I was like, yeah, I interview them regularly. I don't know what's going on. Like, I was just, like, breaking. And then we finally get into the thing. And the whole time I kept being like, I'm going to say something stupid because my name is Rachel. And he he used to be with Rachel Bilson. And as he, like, goes to sign my thing, he, like, looked. And the what I had wanted him to write was something like 17 years was worth the wait or whatever it was till like, getting to meet him. And he was like, what? And I was like, I've been a fan of yours since Attack the Clones on. Like, I just watched Shattered Glass with my friends again not that long ago. Like, I love all your stuff. So this has been, like, a long time coming. And so he's, like, talking to me, and he's really sweet, and he's writing my name, and he just stops, like, halfway through. Like, he stops at the C of Rachel and goes, how do you spell it? I said E-L. He went, okay, I know how Rachel's can get if you spell their name wrong. And I was like... (laughs) And then, like, afterwards, just kept being like, Arzu, was that cool? Was it bad? What happened? I just, like, blocked out everything that happened as soon as we got in the room until we left the room. And then I asked him to have We were friends going in. We're close friends now. Yeah. We were like, oh, we're internet friends. We've gotten along now that we've met each other in person. And now then we, like, stayed with each other at Star Wars Celebration. And we're like, what up? We are fully bonded by this beautiful face. And I feel like I've said this before, maybe just to like y'all privately, but the fact that they didn't de-age him, like maybe cleaned up a little bit. They didn't like. So happy. He's not. I I like that. He like, that is a handsome dude that has held up over the last 20 years and they let him just be his handsome self. They did clean him up a little bit, but like, like, yeah, but I like the theory that this is in his head. Mm. Yeah, this is his flashback, so this is how he's seeing himself. Oh, I hadn't heard that before. And because if you look at Coruscant, like it's empty mm-hmm. practically. There's no like hover cars. He's got a straight shot to Padme's apartment. Yeah, <laughs> how would he wouldn't know that yet? He, he hadn't remet her, unless he's doing some stalking on the hollow net. This is Anakin. <laughs> Never ruled out. It's always possible. <laughs> he when they went to her apartment, he didn't need to be briefed on where they were going. He knew, <laughs> and that boy was sweating. So. Yes. 
<laughs> that boy was planning this for 10 years. <laughs> Ten years. He was, he was like, I will see her again and I will be ready. I will know everything about what she's been doing in the interim. So that if she says something, I'll be like, oh yeah, Bill, oh. you passed. This is further proof of my theory that Anakin Skywalker is a Scorpio. You know, and then you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. You do know. We know that Obi-Wan keeps up with Satine on the hollow net. We like know this from brother. Where did he get it from? This is Where did behavior. <laughs> so Obi-Wan Kenobi is at least a Scorpio rising. Anakin's Scorpio sun, moon rising. The whole He's just like a straight Scorpio. Just like a <laughs> yeah. He's more Scorpio than I am Gabriel Scorpio. Padme's a Pisces. I'm gonna try to I'm trying to steer this. <laughs> Honestly, like, like Hayden Christensen's face just derailed everything. Oh yeah. listen, That's as it. it did. I feel like it derailed all of our emotions, but I think the last thing I want to say about his face specifically before we move on to like more plot stuff is that I like that we can see it because that he is so expressive mm-hmm. with his eyes. He always has been like, this is nothing new and that they let him still do that without hiding it behind makeup or behind digital effects. It's a testament that this show knows its assets. It knows what they have and they are using it to like their full, to their full capacity. Like the set piece was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. The duel was gorgeous. Like it cuts in and out throughout the whole episode. I'll suspend my disbelief that 40 year old is supposed to be like 1920 whatever it's fine you're gonna tell me that archie andrews was supposed to be 16 throughout three or four seasons of riverdale when when what's his name was like yeah it's fine i can suspend my disbelief so i can see hayden christensen going with a lightsaber again look i was just watching never have i ever right before this and there's a a whole Mm. like teenage this person's supposed to be like what 17 18 years old yeah. and he's played he's by like a 30 year old man <laughs> and we're recording this on stranger things weekend like all of those children are now in their like early 20s also considering a lot of us by this point we're like getting a little worried it was just hayden like in a few scenes as Vader, and we were mm-hmm. like is this just a marketing ploy are I we not gonna perfect. see him just gonna see him in the back to tank a few times. And Obi Wan Kenobi little drama pose in the cloak. Oh, yeah. This is just an elaborate ploy to get us all hyped and get Hayden Christensen on the press circuit. And then Arzu texted me because she watches it at like three a.m. She's like, "Have you seen it?" I'm like, "I just got a meeting. I have no idea what's going on." You're like, on. "I have a life, Arzu." I'm like, "I work. I have to support my dog." But yeah, the second I can't believe the second that episode started. Just giving us all heart attacks and just yeah. fangirling, fanboying, fan personing out. But besides our fangirling, which we spent almost 15 minutes on, which is not invalid, but I'm just pointing that out. Beyond that, what I think it was Maggie saying off the top was like the way they pay off the flashbacks that we get and stuff. I love how much it is like tied into the story in a way that like makes sense. It's not a flashback for the sake of a flashback, which no. we see in this episode because this is mirroring the conflict that Obi-Wan and Vader are having in present day. And that's not a revolutionary concept. That's simply what is being presented to us. But it does it really well. It does it very well. It works really well for the plot. Can I say, this is another thing, like we talk about how A New Hope, some of the lines there, how they adapted it. Again, freaking amazing job because Vader says in A New Hope, I was just the learner then. Because he's still freaking learning in this scene, this episode. Yeah. Because yeah. he Fs. And it's just, it's beautiful. And these people did their homework. And they just, proven all the haters wrong. You know what I just realized? And you can cut this out. 
if you don't want anything about the last episode, I just realized. Oh, it's fine. I realized that this is Attack of the Clones, and then the finale is Revenge of the Sith. Because when you look at the la- like the fight scene between Vader and Obi-Wan in the finale, it is literally lines from Revenge of the Sith. And this is like a scene that would have been either in Attack of the Clones or right after Attack of the Clones. And so they were like, here's our mini trilogy. These two up. Ep- this episode is the second movie that Hayden Christensen was in. And then this one's the third. Here you go. Happy birthday. And I love it a lot. I think it's smart storytelling. They gave you nods if you care. And if you didn't care, it's just like, oh, that's, I know what that hair is. That means he's a paddle. And so like, <laughs> we're a bunch of nerds who are like, it's Attack of the Clones. And then like, they say the lines from Revenge of the Sith in the fight. Because that's all I could think about after the show ended. Um, right. And you could say the episodes before Phantom Menace with, like, Obi-Wan getting stuck with a child. And and that tells you how wonderful they did that job of bringing elements from the prequels, from the movies, but as well as the original trilogy. Because in some way, the six episodes mirrored also the all the six movies. And this had a lot of elements from Empire Strikes Back as well. So it tells you the attention to detail to connect all the, like, the tissue connecting both prequels and the original trilogy. I, I enjoyed that. I was a little a little worried that any kind of flashback with Hayden that we got would be a flashback for the sake of a flashback. Like, oh, here's Hayden as Anakin. But the fact that it meshed so well, and I, I thought it was also taken in the last episode into account where Obi-Wan finally concedes that my friend is gone. I thought it was cool how he used his kind of the memory of Anakin to inform the present of Vader and still believing that there's, I feel like inherently he felt that there was still Anakin there behind the mask to be able to remember his Padawan of old and to inform his decisions and how he was going to play the situation moving forward in the present really well, which makes it sad too. It's just the flashback was great, but it's also tragic because I agree. it's but just, oh, sorry, go on. I was going to say, that's exactly what it is. Reva might think she's playing against Vader, but Obi-Wan is still playing against Anakin. He just dresses differently now. Because, like, it's he's hearing Reva's story, and he objectively knows this, and he objectively knows he goes by Vader now. But he's like, you know, all he'll see is me. This is what he's focusing on. This is what we have to do. So he is still very much playing against Anakin. So, like, the, there is the theory that Candace mentioned that this is Anakin's memory, but in a way, it's Obi-Wan's memory, too. This is, like... And that's the nice thing is like they're both, I'd say, yeah, they're both leaning on certain aspects of this memory to inform their present interaction, which, okay, let's talk about that conflict in like the present day. So they don't actually ever face off against each other in this episode, even though they are essentially playing a game of 4D chess the whole time. So let's talk about conflict. Who's got some time? It's, it's great. I love it. Everyone's like, it's awesome. Moving on. Yeah, it's great. Now, just to mention, when they are the destroyer and Vader, right after the flashback starts, we see Vader and he's he received the Riva and he immediately, oh, after giving her the Grand Inquisitor title and asking her to kneel, then he says, like, lock down the facility and she's like, hey, they're going to resist for days and no, we're not they are not the ones I want to break. So he's immediately thinking on Kenobi, on breaking him. And it goes back to the theme of Jedi's are always going to help others. Mm-hmm. And 
we see how it plays out. I do like that this episode also reinforces like Anakin Skywalker, most dramatic human being on the planet, in the galaxy, <laughs> yes. like everywhere in the world. Because like the whole thing, again, I love those flashbacks exclusively because we got to see him do the wop, wop, wop thing. But <laughs> I love it because like, he disarms Obi-Wan and says, like, what are you going to do? You don't have a weapon anymore. And Obi-Wan's like, your quest for winning is going to destroy you. And then watching that mirrored, like, what, 10, 20 minutes later when he's like, I'm going to get him. And then it's like, no, you were so blind to trying to win that you missed the very obvious, like, decoy move is mm -hmm. so good and shows that, like, no matter what, Obi-Wan is always going to one-up him. Because, like... I stand by, like, in A New Hope, I think Obi-Wan fully just let Vader kill him, not because oh, yeah. he, like, like, not because he was like, oh, I'll never beat Vader. He just knew, like, as a Force ghost, he could help Luke win in a way that he couldn't if they were, like, on the run because Vader was looking for Obi-Wan again. And it's just, ugh. Mwah. And now with the new context of, like, knowing that the twins are together and, like, things will work yeah. out, like, that added context of him being like, nope, they're gonna do it. They're gonna be the one taken down. This is not my, this is not my journey. This is not my quest anymore. Yeah. yeah I made a video about that. And the Star Wars Twitter said they agree, so it's canon now. <laughs> so it's canon. canon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you mentioned something really important when you said the decoy that's so... He does this in order to help them escape. It immediately, some parts of this episode inevitably took my mind to The Last Jedi and Crate when they were trying to open the door. And then Luke sort of does that with Ben Solo with his Padawan. And I know, I meant, yeah, it's maybe too early to mention Ben Solo right now. No, it's but 20 minutes in. It's about right for this show. It's about right, Honestly, yeah. Honestly, anytime I think decoy in Star Wars, they always think of Padme. Yeah. I know, but no, it's pretty much the idea of distracting, maybe distraction would be the best term to allow the others to escape. Mm. Pretty much. That's also made me think about it. And also yeah. the movie that no one wants to ever mention because it's bad when they try and do that with the Chewbacca fake out in Rise of Skywalker and then make it a joke that people are mourning Chewbacca. The, uh, it's very Star Wars to like do the switch, like the bait and switch. But like mm -hmm. it's just funny because it's I think this is the one that has done it other than like the Padme fake out. This is the one that has done it the best because it's, it tells you like, Hey, you're going to be so blinded by winning that he's just going to fall for it. And then when he does, you're like, yeah, Obi-Wan said it as much that he was going to fall for it. And then he did fall for it. And it's good. Yeah. And he was pretty much like just walking in with blinders on the whole time. And I like your connection to a new hope because like you said, the whole, point there of Obi-Wan's sacrifice was that there are more ways there are like other ways to win than just in a sword fight and yep. we see Vader falling for that here he falls for it later it's just like Obi-Wan will always have the high ground in that respect he'll always have the high ground over Vader because and even in the flashback too Anakin was just so focused on attack bop but there's more to a conflict or a duel or, or a struggle than just hitting a little bit harder so it also like helps us know even though we haven't seen Vader like in canon in 10 years that he's very much like his development is stunted he's very mm. much the same person he was at the beginning star wars legos is canon what are you talking yeah. about <laughs> all the time and 
we see him much calmer in a new hope he's still like angry and stuff like that and but then you also have to remember that rogue one is technically right before yeah. a new hope and he's yeah, also right before yeah and, and but he's like calmly of, murdering a bunch of people and it, but it's like calmly one of the murdered. best hallway scenes that we've got out of star wars too like Where it's just in the in pure darkness oh with a red light and i'm oh. just going dramatic <laughs> Drama queen, yeah. yeah. Drama queen. Drama. But a very, like, measured drama queen. He's like, I have prepared for the last yeah, 10 years. <laughs> and we're just going to mow through these guys. Yeah, he's calmly going through. Everyone else is freaking out, but he's just like, and up to the ceiling, down. <laughs> you know? just, Choreographed in his mind before. Oh, yeah, he's like, I got this. He's like, playing. He said, know. I've moved on from the wop, wop, wops. Now I just force throw people into ceilings. And he had like yeah. a really good soundtrack in his helmet. Like, yeah, he had timed it uh, down to like he made a playlist. He had a playlist. His Spotify yes. playlist was like cute. Spotify Vecna playlist that like <laughs> the song just on in his helmet. I want, I want this video. I want I'm inclined to make it. Yeah. It's running oh on that hill. He's just da, like da. he's doing like it's like Beat Sabers. Yeah. The VR. I love Beat Sabers so much. Me too. So, I pretend I'm a Jedi dancing. Yeah, this is can canon. Listen, Arzu, if you don't make it, I'll do it, and I'll, I'll just tag all of us, and I'm gonna make him listening to running up that hill. I listen. Like, I will take it. I will take it. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, I feel like unless anybody's got anything left to say about Vader, we can move on to the rebels. Just that he's so very, hot. like you said, like for D chess. But he does it, like, in such, like, I don't know what he was waiting for with Reva except to be dramatic. Yeah. Like, that's the only thing. He's like, because you knew this entire time. Like, I don't think he knew the entire time. He's just trying to cover. He's saving face. Yeah, Yeah, he's saving face. Yeah. His whole thing is, like, he says it with Obi-Wan, like, the whole admit you're beaten. It's not just that he wants to win. He wants you to be very cognizant of the Mm. fact that you have lost. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't want it just to be said in because he could take her out like that. Like we, yeah, see. you just turn around and stab her, and that's the end of that. But yeah. no, he needs that, he like that's why he gives her half her lightsaber. He needs her to actively lose mm. to him yeah. because that's he, what victory means to him. I think and he not, knew right. to some degree. I think he likes the game of it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he this wants is to play. like the most dramatic person, and I think that he likes pushing people. He's learned from Palpatine. He likes pushing people to see how far they'll go because like my working headcanon from the very beginning of this was that he was aware that Riva was not maybe who she said she was and was like playing with her like the whole reveal that the Inquisitor was alive the whole time was like exactly what I pictured happening Mm -hmm. and when he promoted her for like very like I was like can we talk about how Vader and the Grand Inquisitor like planned out the reveal like there must have been a conversation (laughs) It was like, I live 10 seconds and then walk in and just be like, there's multiple other Inquisitors that probably should have been promoted over her, but I think he was wanting to work her to see how far she would take whatever con she was playing. I don't think he knew exactly what she was doing. I don't think that he yeah, fully so he knew wanted that to. she was a mm. Padawan uh, or a youngling. I think that he just wanted to see like what her game was yeah. and he yeah. liked that cat and mouse effect. Ever. As soon as you hear her go down, you come out and you're like, <laughs> and the Inquisitor is like, Okay, whatever you say, Lord Vader. This no, man. I feel like he was excited into it. He's like, <laughs> like standing out there, like waiting for his cue to go he's on like stage. He's like pumping himself up, like, okay, if this is time, it's my moment. 
He's like doing yeah. the thing from High School Musical where he's like, <laughs> yeah, and when he's revenge is a great motivator like, to live. Brown, brown cow, how now? Red leather, brown. yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> but honestly, like the Inquisitor and Vader, like, can you tell we're all theater kids here? Like how quickly we got into that. But I love, and this is skipping ahead a little bit to like the finale. But the, there's a bit in the finale where the Inquisitor looks so absolutely done with Vader. Yep. And he, he like is barely yeah. controlling an eye roll. <laughs> it's even out of focus, but you see him pursing his lips, like he's ready to like so done. quit or something, but he can't. <laughs> Everyone when... is so done with Vader all the time, and that's what's so good. I will say that this episode. I know. Listen, I know it's honestly certain... everybody was so done with Anakin too. Brand. This was the first Vader fight other than Rogue One, where I was like, oh no, he's really good because like the ever like. <laughs> trilogy i'm like can't someone just like knock him down like he's moving (laughs) at like a pace where he's just like i will slowly and i was like people can just run up on him right with reva reminded me of like fallen order that's another time Mm -hmm. that i was really Mm -hmm. scared of vader and this canon it's just like vader immortal vader immortal i was gonna i haven't played that one yet i'm scared of it It, and then we'll give you one as well like either of the VR games with Vader, I don't know if any of y'all Terrifying. played it, but you don't realize how ingrained a childhood like fear you have of Darth Vader until he's in VR, you're in the environment, and he starts walking towards you, and oh. suddenly like your fight or flight kicks in, and oh. you're inclined. Uh, Maggie's to actually flight. like daddy. No. <laughs> The way I was getting ready to say, like, fight, flight, and there's another app in there. But there's anyways. another app that we can't get. Yeah. I will say, I was like, that was, to that point, I know I'm speaking to the wrong group of people. You're all fans. But I, that, I had that reaction. It wasn't our doing me this time. How about I've been solo before? This is yeah. true. Yeah. So, y'all. I had that reaction when I went to Disney. Like, I saw Chewbacca, and I had such a giddy, like, kid reaction. of like, oh, my God, I'm hugging Chewbacca. And then I walked into the room with Kylo Ren and my brother was like, it's a guy in a costume. Why are you not? Because I wouldn't go up. I like stood back. Like, so in the picture, there's like a good 10 feet between me and my brother <laughs> and the guy Kylo Ren. I was like, oh, I don't trust this. And I like, giggled I... over Darth Vader. I was just like, I'm so happy. Right <laughs> my Kylo Ren experience was like, at, I think it was Disneyland, was I was trying not to laugh because Adam Driver is the same size as my brother so i had that mental image going into the room but the guy who plays kylo ren is shorter than me okay what <laughs> yeah well because because like 511 is the cap for men at disney because you're too tall for kids otherwise but oh, i'm six feet tall okay. so he's shorter yeah, than me. He's a giant. like to me i was like that guy's tall small boy so yes vader's fight with reva this is a scary man, or if you're Maggie, maybe something else as well. I'm aware that I am a broken human being. It is okay. <laughs> Listen, it's very on brand for this show and this network as a whole. Maggie came out of Thor and was like, yeah, no surprise, into gore. Like, it's not... <laughs> yeah. But it's also, he's played by Christian Bale, so... Oh, like, yeah. I mean, I knew going in, I was gonna like gore. I'm just saying, Maggie knows... So, yeah, and the Reva fight was so cool. I was actually afraid of Darth Vader, but also I was like, again, dramatic... You could have just instantly knocked her down, and instead you were like, I'm going to hunt my prey for five whole minutes instead mm-hmm. of just putting her out of her misery. That's what I'm, like, trying to, like, remind people who are like, oh, why did he let Obi-Wan Kenobi go? He could have beat Obi-Wan. I'm like, of course he could have, but he doesn't want to. 
Oh. He wants to play with his food before he eats it. Yeah, yeah. Right. that's his whole Cat thing. Cat and mouse. Like the, yeah. the thrill yeah. of the hunt, the thrill yeah. of the victory. It's never just about it. Gives her a lightsaber back. Yeah, he could have like. Honestly, I think he was trying to through the door, and that would have been that. But yeah, it's the it's the hunt. I think he's trying to save some face or like regain some face after knowing that he just got beat by Obi Wan at that moment. He just had to vent on. Oh, Riva. he needed a win. <laughs> exactly. He needed a win. He needed a win. No matter exactly. what. Yeah. Yeah. It's just toying with his prey. It was it was just perfect. Like he can still he might lose the strategic fight, but he can still win the womp womp fight. So <laughs> and that's exactly what he did. So let's talk Reva. Let's talk the whole Reva reveal. Which is a lot of fun to say. I feel like we all saw this coming. I don't think there was a single person here who didn't think that Reva was one of the bad ones. But what did you think of the kind of idea that she had been in it all along and wasn't like, like had been in it as a con all along and hadn't like suddenly flipped somewhere mm-hmm. along the way? Which I think had my had been my primary assumption. Makes sense. Yeah. I feel like all Inquisitors like in a way hate who they're working for because we mm. all know like they get to be that way in such a terrible way. They're all out to get each other. Same with Sith. The Sith aren't loyal. <laughs> they're always trying yeah. to, I didn't know to the extent of what she wanted, like revenge on Anakin, but the fact that she knew who he was also made me think, okay, she was there at Order 66. We already know she was there at Order 66, but she knew who was in charge of it. And yeah. the way that she was so fixated on Kenobi in the same yeah. way that Vader is fixated on Kenobi felt very personal. Yes. Like, yes, she was using Vader's fixation to fuel how she could get closer to Vader because she knew if she got Kenobi, she'd get closer to Vader and then ultimately be able to achieve her thing. But it also felt like an like a grudge, like on her own There's terms. Her. Like she had yeah. something personal that she felt towards Kenobi. It wasn't just machinations of grandeur or whatever. And I'm so glad that they like actually like had a focus on like the children who were there. Because mm-hmm. we do get to see like Kanan and Cal. <laughs> I'm like through the case. But they're Padawans at this time. They're just legit children there before they're taken by Jedi. And there's a lot of people who haven't played fallen order and people who haven't watched rebels and so this is really they should (laughs) yeah like there's but this is the first time like a much larger audience is getting to Mm -hmm. see that perspective and that's something i think that star wars fans who are really in touch with every piece of media that's out there really enjoy those stories so getting to have them given to a larger audience i think works really well and also works for what they seem to have been trying to achieve with reba as a character yeah and what you said about her having obviously it worked both ways but that personal grudge that she directly expressed to kenobi where were you yeah because we're seeing the perspective of jungling someone that was inside the protection of a Jedi temple that was taken maybe a few years, yeah, very young from their families, from their places of origin. And the Jedi were their family, were the ones who were meant to protect them. And having one of the figure points of... Council member. Like, he's a council member. Yeah, He's a council council member who trained this jedi who yep. turned to the dark side for that too. exactly like yeah you turn you train him yeah so. there's a lot yeah i've always like thought yeah. about that like obi-wan's so busy with anakin and the twins he's not there for order 66 he's not there to help out 
God, imagine a raven found out about Yoda. <laughs> like, that's it. The frog's going to pay. Yeah. <laughs> Down with a Muppet. <laughs> I also have to say, just hats off to Moses Ingram and her acting in that moment when she it was asking Obi-Wan, where were you? And how she said that she had to play dead amongst the only oh, family God. that she ever knew. She felt their bodies go no. cold. It was like the pain that she's carrying all of those years to build up to... A moment where she ultimately gets defeated by Vader. Like, it's it's just, I can't even imagine what that must have felt like. And, you know, with Cal, with Obi-Wan, with Reva, like, everyone's carrying that pain in different ways. And I thought it was a very unique arc and story for Reva to, to go on carrying her pain in, a, in that kind of infiltration, infiltrate the Inquisitors kind of way to get that revenge on, on Kenobi, on, on Vader. But I just, I was just so struck by... Her, her acting in that moment and we really like we see the pain that she's carrying and the anger there too and I just I loved it's like like you said like we all saw it coming but that didn't even take away any of the power and the gravity in that moment of what it meant for her and what it must have felt like for her but it was just I, it's heartbreaking absolutely heartbreaking I also really like that I felt like that moment between her and Obi-Wan really telegraphs her redemption in the end because you see that conflict like there's a moment where she's like maybe I could flip maybe yeah. this could be the moment and then that anger is still so strong and still so raw that she can't see through it in that moment and it takes all the way to the finale for her to see through that anger and see that living for revenge isn't really the answer and that you can move beyond that. And I thought that was really pretty because not pretty, but like beautiful. Like you see that like confliction in how she portrays that moment. Mm -hmm. I was going to say like to build off of that, there are moments in like other shows, other media where somebody is on the verge of flipping. And then because the script necessitates it, they regress and they go back into their anger, into their whatever. And you don't understand why, but the, tragic beauty of this story is she is right to be that angry you completely see where she's coming from like yeah, right. it doesn't feel unrealistic for her to be like but me just giving up the fight because it's quote like not the right thing to do because it's wrong to hold on to my anger is not going to make me feel better because yeah. this is still way too visceral so yeah that's what i want to say something that we'll talk probably we'll talk about next week with part six but i don't think she was redeemed yet I feel like she's on the path to it and she's allowed to go down that path because she hasn't really done anything. She chooses something. But she end. chose better. She yeah. chose better. better. But she chose she's not. Be better. But she's on the way. To. She's on the way. Which, yeah. again, yeah. love that she has a chance to actually go <sighs> yeah. through redemption fully, yeah. which is very exciting. What I really liked about the Reva thing, because, like, obviously, yes, there is in other Star Wars media – there are younglings who, younglings or Padawans who later want the redemption of like what happened with Order 66. But I liked Reva's because every time I thought about the younglings getting murdered, I thought about that. I'm sorry to that poor child, but the child in Revenge of the Sith who's like, Master Annie. And it's like, honey, too many of them. Yeah, you're like, oh, okay, kid, you're about to die. And like, it's not funny, but it's just the way that scene was shot. You're like, this is laughable. Also, it's the funny fact now. That, that has become a meme. <laughs> also, yeah. But we found out that Hayden went like boo to the yeah. kid to make him <laughs> yeah. jump. Like that makes it funny now. Oh. In so, like, then having this, which has such an emotional weight, and is like her coming back and being like, you don't understand the pain that I went in, where everyone I looked up to abandoned us. I sat in the 
bodies of my friends to protect myself. And now this is my revenge. Like, I want this. It just makes that whole storyline and her arc so deep. And, like, the, like, pain of Order 66 so much more real than, like, the memes that it became or, like, the jokes that we all made. Like, it, like, it's like, oh, no, like, these characters still exist and are not okay with what happened. And I like, like, I know, obviously, it's the end of the series, but I like that she didn't just, like, vanish. Like, I like that she went and has this road to redemption and can live her life and, like, isn't just someone who is sacrificed to her own revenge like I like that she doesn't have that storyline in the end even though this fight was like and I genuinely yeah, you're thought that's what was gonna happen oh 100%. yes I mean yeah. I, played, I played ball in order I was expecting that to happen yeah the trilla treatment yeah, yeah the like, trilla treatment she also represents she also represents to Obi-Wan all the Jedi children that Ooh. he failed and he too. failed yeah yeah um, with Anakin so it's her turn you gotta turn somebody. You gotta help turn someone. Look, now that she's on Tatooine, I know we're looking ahead. She's got the mod squatters over there. I know it's a few <laughs> years in advance, but I the think baby mod like... squatters. Yeah, yeah. Starts just living her life, opening a mod parlor in Mos Espa. <laughs> yeah, taking in the way she must teams. be modded. She be would take in the right? way we're children, though. Oh, she would. It would make sense. <laughs> oh, so she's gonna show nice. up in Mandalorian season three and be best Confirmed. friends. Confirmed. <laughs> Yes. There we Confirm. go. These are our adopted children. I mean, and then, listen. And then she's gonna meet, she's gonna meet Luke Skywalker and be like, nah, not this again. Grogu, she's gonna be yeah. like, yeah. her are gonna be like, no Skywalker. <laughs> no, I have no more Skywalker. Grogu was like, oh my god. And then Grogu's gonna be like, y'all, you have no idea where I've been. This weird yeah. Skywalker boy, like, just like a weird who like, now, like war flashbacks. And like, be like, oh. I hope like what we see is like Grogu and her just like sitting somewhere, and they find out about Kylo Ren, and they're like, I knew that school was a bad idea. It's take two. We shut them. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> guys didn't listen to me. <laughs> yeah. I was happy with Reva just saying like, they're going, Skywalkers can't teach. And Grogu's like, I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I left him on purpose. Yeah, that's why he preferred the mid-trail and going back to his stat. <laughs> I swore in part six, I expected her to go oh. up to Luke, and he's like, hi, I'm Luke Skywalker. She's like, what? <laughs> oh, my God. She knew. I don't think she, she I, think, I don't think so. I don't think she, I think she, she just, just thought, the, I think the, he just thought the kid mattered to Obi-Wan. Yeah. And she was still trying to get that revenge. She would have caught him a lot quicker if she knew. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a very nice story. Nah, she time would, to slice the dice. <laughs> she would learn how to do that force run that like Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon do in episode one. Episode where like, one. Like she would learn how to do that if she like if she learned that was Anakin's kid. <laughs> Lars has just locked him up. Like stay in there. Yeah. yeah um, do not talk to anyone, please. If they're like, if one more person comes to this house trying to find you and kill you, we're just leaving you here and we're going somewhere. Jawas or something, like how much you want for this kid. Fancrawler <laughs> never yeah. staying in one place, you'll be fine. Sold. Obi-Wan, the toy in the beginning. They're like, just take him. We don't With the him. toy. <laughs> yeah, can we talk a little bit about Obi-Wan and Leia in this? Yes. Episode? Oh, yeah. Okay, yes. so uh, something I found very interesting was before, like, the last episode, he took her hand, or she took his hand, and he was very like, oh my god, affection. What is this? It's been 10 years. My poor touch but, stars boy. Yes, but this episode, he has his arms open to her. I know. And she jumps into his arms. And I was like, character growth changes. 
it's like a subtle little thing, but it means so freaking much that he's like, he's like, I remember, you know, how to have a child around me and, you know, how to be the adult. I loved everything about her story in this one. No, and especially when she goes like, ah, I need a ladder. And Roken is like, princess, no time to, and Ben is like, hey, I trust her. Do what she says. That's, That's beautiful. Star Wars is just tasking small children with wiring. Yeah, like Grogu and exactly. yeah, I, I put that on the Waffles Twitter. I was like, the cutest little electricians in the galaxy. I like that she doesn't have she doesn't visibly have Lola with her. And a bunch of grown men stuck this kid in a in like a little hole in the ceiling with no flashlight. Which is why it took her that long. Because as soon as Lola's oh, there, she's true, like, great. Yeah. And just holds her up and goes, there you go. And plugs in the breaker. So I'm like, you could have yeah. sent her up with something. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let's go have fun. Let's <laughs> go play in the vents. It's okay. I love her so much. It's not surprising. I have a Princess Leia tattoo that I love more Princess Leia content. But just like that scene that Nora was just talking about where he's like, I trust her. Like... <laughs> This whole series made a new hope make so much more sense to me. Because, like, the whole time I was like, did you just, like, did Leia just go, oh, my dad told me I could trust him. Like, why does she care about Ben Kenobi? Like, I didn't know any of this information. And so to know, like, she knew Ben Kenobi, she trusted Ben Kenobi. Like, this was someone who she was like, he protected me when no one else could. Like, he knew my mom. Like, that stuff. Like... I didn't know I needed that as much as I, I did until I watched this show. And she's like, you knew my mom. Like, oh. are you <laughs> like, <laughs> oh. the whole thing meant so much to me. And this episode really kind of showed how much, like, I think Ben misses Padme and Anakin because he's like, I can see both of them in her. And I know, like, those are my two, the two people I knew the best and I loved the most and I don't have them anymore. And then, like, she just needed someone who, like, trusted her and would listen to her. And so to have that play out in this show and then let a 10-year-old kind of carry that weight was so good. And I was just like, oh, like, they get it. They know, like, we all want a Leia story that we got ripped off on like sorry like like because Carrie Fisher died like we didn't get the Leia story that we had been promised and like this is a secondary kind of thing but like it's it it made it so much better like I loved everything that was happening with their relationship it was just so good so good and not only that that like you said we get Princess Leia how she gets into contact we had some backstory on Leia Princess of Alderaan how she got part of the rebel alliance but in this case indirectly she interacts with all these early cells of the rebellion of the path and i love how interacts with roke with haja with tala mm-hmm. how she goes and hugs her and that's and on and of course with obi-wan and how even if she's a 10 year old obi-wan knows has met has treated her and knows that she's someone he- Maybe one of the reasons she knew automatically in New Hope that they let her let them go because they're tracking us. And it's probably an error that like Luke's like, I'm here with Ben Kenobi and Leia knows 
Ben Kenobi, where is he in A New Hope? Because I don't think she would have known his code name or his fake name. Yeah. It didn't make That's sense true. to me as a child. Like, it always confused me. She might have knowing like my father sent me like it's like, oh, Obi-Wan Ben Kenobi. Like either yeah. way, that's what you're looking for. Yeah. Somebody replied to us and be like, I just always thought like Ben was like a nickname for Obi-Wan Ken- Obi-Wan back in like in the space. But it just it makes it make more sense. So much yeah. more now. Yeah. It's just I just I was with both Arzun and Maggie when I realized what was going on, but like realizing that this whole show where we were like oh we're probably gonna see a lot of luke it'd be cool if we see leia to like realize that this show was a leia and obi-wan kenobi show broke me in a way i wasn't prepared for like i already knew this show was gonna mean a lot to me but like oh my gosh just like having this i don't know i'm sure there are other people like i'm sure you guys all feel this way but i'm sure there are like kids in the future who feel this way it just felt like it was a gift to all of the kids who had like loved Leia and didn't get to really see her outside of the unless you got real into the novels and like red bloodline and stuff. But like like outside of all of that, like if you just watch these movies, you're like, I wish I had more Leia. Like it gifted it to you and was a surprise. And I love it. I don't. I just don't know how to like formulate how much this means to like the Leia girls. Who are like, oh, I wish I had more of her. I have my headcanon of what she was like on Alderaan. And it was like this, but this was so much better. Because she's so much like her parents. And it is so cool. <laughs> oh, Since we briefly talked about Tala, can we? Yes. Let's go back. The fallen hero. Let's talk Tala. Heroes can I say, I didn't mind her sacrifice. I know a lot of people are like, oh no, another woman dead. But she did it out of agency. Yeah, and didn't she didn't see her it. surviving it. Yeah, yeah, she chose it, and she was acting like she had a death with to begin with. Yeah. She had a lot of guilt as well. Yeah. I think yeah. that she always probably had in her mind that she was going to grow out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, and here's my headcanon about that blaster holder that she had with all the marks. I think that one of those marks was Grogu. She hit him in his little carrier, but like just go, go. <laughs> she put his carrier on a cargo ship out of there. Cargo ship, like, and there you go. Little Joda. He's like, here's some snacks. Good luck. Some frogs. <laughs> I will say, like, Tala's sacrifice, like, would it be nice if she had lived? Yes. But, and like, I will always advocate for everybody surviving always because I never moved past my Disney movie phase. But her death didn't feel like a death where, like, the writer's like, I don't know what to do with her, so I'm going to kill her. <laughs> it, was like, <clears throat> it was mm. like, she made a choice. She, like, went into this, like, said, maybe not necessarily had a death wish but she went in lived every day without the assumption that she was going to make it to the next one because that's how much the cause meant to her so it made sense for her character yeah it was a very well written well-rounded choice and she didn't sacrifice herself just for like one like a man don't want to generalize that or anything but that's sometimes what we see but she was out there to save all these children that's what her sacrifice was for like leia probably especially Like, it's in the background, but Leia going to hug her, and she's, like, again, shocked. Yeah. And no, now that you mentioned that, I, after and the series, I rewatched The Last Jedi, and when Leia tells Holo so many losses, it, it like, ah, oh my made God. me think of Tala. Because if, if you think about it, obviously... that's where it started for her. Exactly. Yeah. Because, okay, you can say Padme, but... She doesn't really... 
know, knew her. But with Tala, she actually saved her. And yeah. it also just, like, every time, like, I rewatched A New Hope, at least some scenes from A New Hope, and the second that she's, like, lying to Vader about, like, what plans? What are you talking about? It just reminds me of Tala being, like, we have to pretend. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, like, just, like, like so much of Leia. Like, her Leia influenced her. Yeah. That character as a whole is just so fun and fascinating because, like, this series introduces so many new characters and you would think like, okay, there's going to be one that you're like, I don't really know them or what their deal is, but none of that's never the case. Like every single character that we meet, like Shay Jackson Jr., like his character, much a character that you could just be like, yeah. okay, that character exists. We know he's part of the rebellion. We don't need any more information, whatever, but we still have such this rich backstory where like his wife was force sensitive. So they killed her. So he's like, I'm part of the rebellion because of like, what they took from me and like just like every little bit of information we get about these characters is so cool and like talia is one that you could just be like okay she you she realized what the empire was doing and was like i don't want to do that anymore and so she still could just be like two-dimensional but she's not like she has all this guilt over what she helped do because she didn't realize the power of it and so when she does sacrifice herself you're like Yes, it sucks for us, but for her, it's clearing her conscience of, like, yeah. I'm saving all these people, and they're the people that I couldn't save before. And it's just, like, it's just so good. And I think Indira Varma does a great job in the roles that she's given, because, like, obviously, I love Oberyn Martell, and I love the Martells, so I love her on Game of Thrones. And even there, she's, like, given very little, but you know enough about her and her whole thing just because of Indira Varma's performance that like you care about her and the same thing happens with Talia like she is only in what I guess two three episodes of this series two and a half episodes <laughs> like we're like we, we get it we understand her we understand like why she's motivated to do what she's doing and we understand why Obi-Wan is still like I have to fight because all these people are losing the battle so that we can take down like what I helped cause. So it's like, yes, sure, it does suck that another woman died, but it was like she died to like save the rebellion. And so like to me, I was like, no, it was a cool and noble death. She was just like, oh great, this is how they're gonna escape. No problem. She I'm made already decision. shot. He made yeah, the God spells, Rebels. Was, yeah. You know, but like you were saying, like every character like has a name, which is very important mm -hmm. and has like yes a personality and they're not just randomly on the side or things like that and again like every new character also just is diverse and different and i am very happy to have representation finally in the galaxy a little bit more representation just i cried when i found out. i'm like oh no i was like okay she'll be an imperial that's fine something and then when she shot them, I was like, yay! <laughs> her, to be honest. That's something that, like, frustrated me with a lot of, like, criticism I saw on Twitter from the people who were going to hate this anyways. But, like, people yeah. who were like, yeah. I, I saw one tweet that, like, had a picture of Roken. It was like, tell me one thing about this man. Like, we know nothing about him. And I'm like, I could literally list so many things because, like, we know that his wife is force sensitive. We know his name. We know what he's doing. We know his, like, connections. We know what he's doing with the path. Like, we know a lot about him. And then, like, people are like, yeah, we don't really know anything about i'm blanking on his name right now but camille's Aja. Aja, there we go. and like we know all this stuff about tala and it's like these are characters that have first and last names and complete backstories and i was like 
we like the Mandalorian, like I'm not going to knock the Mandalorian. Like there's a lot of really interesting characters, but so many of them are just like their archetype character names. One note of it. And like one name and like very one note. Or their species name. Or their their species name. name. And it's like, it's so refreshing to see characters that are given first, last names, occupations, roles in the rebellion and like backstories. And it it was just really frustrating to see people being like, we don't know anything about these characters. And I was like, literally, we actually can fill out a Wikipedia page about them. But okay. Which they have. Wikipedia. Yes. Reminds me a lot of mine and Maggie's. And I say mine and Maggie's boy, because I feel like we're the only two who gave a crap (laughs) prior to the announcement of the series Andor. But Cassie and Andrew is the same way where you're like, he is in what, like an hour and a half hour? of Star Wars, and yet we knew Watch about, about him. his life and like everything. And like, sure, you, people could probably and probably have made that same argument. Like, why is Andor getting a series? Oh, like, I've seen it multiple times. Oh, and yeah. Like, he's a spy who did it. And like, we're like listing all the people. He's been in this since he was six years old. It's relatable. <laughs> Same thing, like, people are like, oh, Andor, we know how his story ends. I'm like, we knew how Obi-Wan's story yeah. was going to end. From the moment we met him. Yeah. yeah. Technically, like, we know how everybody's story ends because we've seen the sequel trilogy. We know the state of the galaxy. Yeah. We've gotten far. to the, the end of the story thus far. We, we know who shows up in the end, like... And I'm like, did you not watch the prequels at all? Because you saw how it ended? Oh, sorry. Sorry, Rachel, what did you say? No, I was like, I was realizing that we're not on camera. I was looking for one of my like six Cassie and or Funkos that I bought when that movie. <laughs> I don't care that this movie is I don't is have over. my black series but here. What's deeply frustrating is the same people who will say we don't know anything about Cassie and or we don't know anything about Roken, Haja, Tala, whatever, are the same people <laughs> who can identify every middle-aged Imperial standing behind Darth Vader in the original trilogy. They know who's who, they know their rank, they know their name, and you know what? If that's your thing, cool. But they have no Tarkin. Full written notebooks on General Tarkin. Like, if you know what Captain Nita's hobbies are, that's great. I'm really he likes happy music. for you. Yeah. But like, <laughs> that's not anywhere on screen. Whereas all of this stuff is like, right there in the text presented to you so if you're saying there's nothing there like you're choosing not to engage with it and it's delivered so smartly because none of the information that is given to us is irrelevant to the plot every single thing we learn helps to build the story Mm -hmm. and like i don't know like it's made me so happy with how this series was written Mm -hmm. because it's so smart like nothing is done just for the sake of like making the fans happy or something it all serves the plot and it's just when I keep seeing people just being like oh the sh- series was so poorly written like it's all the stuff I'm like you just didn't want to like it like yeah, yeah some people just wrote. repeat so yeah. they just repeat what they see they on Twitter again and again yeah. and there's a lot of bad faith arguments I see this with Reva surviving what yeah. theater stabs her when I'm like literally five seconds ago the Grand Inquisitor told you why she's gonna survive yep literally yeah. said it he, yeah. he literally spoon fed it she's a how dare she live? But we can cut Darth Maul in yep. half. <laughs> and he lives in trash legs. for ten years. <laughs> we give him robot legs, and they're like, no, no. Darth Vader falls into a lava pit, burns his whole body, throw him in like a I don't know a tube of aloe gel every night before he goes to bed, and they're like, that makes sense. But this woman who is stabbed in the shoulder, how does she live? Like. I- 
Finnick Stan got shot and she also survived. We got the explanation, but before we got that explanation, we were all just like, oh yeah, that makes sense. She's fine. She's fine, yes. Polly Sporin on she's fine. Kylo Ren gets shot with a crossbow thing that we saw like knock a stormtrooper off, like knock himself back to health. (laughs) You doing that motion just reminded me that yes, Kylo Ren is for sure Anakin Skywalker. That's why why. I'm telling you. One of the things that it was a missed opportunity is having Force Ghost Anakin Skywalker talking to his grandson because both of them are drama well, queens. I would yeah, just love him standing there while Kylo's drama. punching himself in the stomach, just being like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, this is really carried. <laughs> you can have that because then Anakin Skywalker's Force Ghost would be like, hey, just so you know, like I was redeemed at the end of Return like, of the Jedi. I don't know what you're doing, but like I was redeemed. Couple I, comments, kid. First, thing, call your mom. She's worried. Your mother misses you. One. You're in Two, a cult. Call your mom. I'm good. You don't need to carry out my mission. I'm great. Like I think I fixed that. No, I'm not gonna make myself sad. I was gonna say something, but I'm not gonna make myself sad. No, no sad. No, no sad. I do want to say about Tala. I think it's really awesome that she was only around for a few episodes, but might be one of the most important characters in the grand scheme of things. I don't think Obi-Wan would be anywhere near who he ends up becoming if it wasn't for Leia and Tala. They both played like different roles in how he moves forward. Leia reminding him and this we also saw this in episode six of like who who what he's fighting for. But then I think Tala had a really important moment with with Ben in episode five when she's telling him about the baggage that she's carrying where there's like women and children who have died because of the of how she had to pretend to be undercover with the empire and i think she told him something to the effect of like these terrible things we carry but what we fight for in the present we can make better and we can make the past that the pain we can make this better by what we choose to do and how we choose to move forward because i mean we saw obi-wan even in the same episode kind of give up we said it's over and even earlier in the show the fight is done we lost and i think it takes a character like tal to help him yeah he would just probably just be a hermit in the desert still if it wasn't for her reminding him you brought up a really good point like he spent 10 years doing nothing just surviving So, yeah. like, she's actively trying to right her wrongs. Yeah, he's protecting Luke, but uh, we see that he doesn't get to see him ever. And obviously, like, the Larses have trained him for in case something happens, but it doesn't seem like anything major has happened. So, yeah, that's a really good point. Like, showing, hey, helping you through your trauma is helping other people. Yeah. I mean, she and she does help other people in the end. Like, yeah, I mean, she inspires yeah. Leia so much. We oh, yeah. see so much of Leia. Going back to what Andrew was saying about what Tala like means for Obi Wan's growth is up to this point, he is very ready at when things get hard to be like, it's over, we've lost, it's done, and watching like how far Tala's willing to go for people she barely knows for her cause. I feel like. After that happens, Obi-Wan never makes the we've lost declaration again. He's like, like he has the moment in the ship in episode six where he's like panicking and then realizes, no, we haven't lost if I do what Tala did and take it to the next level for these people. I like for Leia, obviously, and for like Broken and Haja, but for all these people, I don't. Just thinking about how upset Leia is when Ben is like, I'm going to go. And he's like, she just lost Tala. 
I little like, Leia. Yeah. I just like, thought about how not to like get into episode six too much, but like my favorite part of that is I thought in the battle with Vader, the thing that was going to save him was going to be Qui-Gon. And then when you see that it's Leia and Luke, I just like truly was just broke down and was sobbing. So I was just like, oh no. Lost it. The people who save him are the two who he's like, I want to protect them. And I just like, this episode shows like how much he like trusts Leia. And that episode shows how much he cares. And it's just like. Power of love. The power of love. Love Mm -hmm. saved it was so funny to me that so many people are like, oh, the series doesn't have any stakes because you know how things are going to happen. But let me tell you, in episode six, when those rocks landed on Obi-Wan, I was like, oh my God, is he dead? And I'm like, <laughs> Obi-Wan, even though I know they're going to tell me. Good. Like a good story will make you not worry about like, I know they're in the next one, but like, how do they get to the next one? Yeah. yeah. You're invested in the small yeah. term stakes, even though like they're going to live, but how There's- do they survive? Also, and they're going to be changed. It, Leia is very mm-hmm. changed by this. Yeah. And how does a, a good story that is telling an ending you already know, like, how does that affect how like, you view what the you next know? stuff? Because, like, yeah. a, a good a point is Rogue One, like, knowing how they got the plans for the Death Star is so much more devastating now. Yeah. When yeah. you're like, these are the plans for the de-. Like, yeah. that is so much more devastating what was lost. And so it's like now when, like, she says Ben Kenobi, it's little leia came back and i was like oh my god ben kenobi's here like let's go like i trust him keep me out of here and he just informs it so well and i think that's what the beauty of this show is and i know why people don't like it i think they're wrong for it It i'm sorry i think they're wrong for it like my it got my brother who like he was a little bit older with the prequel so he was one of those like Revenge of the Sith is good, but I hate the other two. And he was like, this is so good. And like would call me about it. Like, it's just, I think this show does a brilliant job with explaining things that happen in the future, giving us things that we've never gotten before and showing us just like how the rebellion started. And it's no notes. If you have notes, I don't want to hear them. No notes. It's great. I think it's (laughs) a perfect little show. And I want a season two, even if it's more of the same I'm still sad about my friend, but now I'm a little bit better knowing that Anakin Skywalker is dead because of Darth Vader. It's fine. Let's just mosey on into Tatooine, <laughs> my buddy. It's a Kenobi novel. Let, let so Obi-Wan good. have Such a, a little book. tussle with the locals. Maybe fall in love with a widow. I don't know. It'll be fine. I just, I love like now everything has new meaning and a new hope. And I think that's like, and it doesn't change it like drastic. It changes it for the better. Enhances it. It enhances it. Yeah. Like before he lets Vader, like before he force ghosts, he smiles. Like when he sees both Luke and Leia are there. And I'm just like, imagine I'm like, even though, yeah, he was there when they were born. But now we know that he knew them as children. If only he had told them, like, hey, by the way, you guys are twins. Don't do anything weird. Yeah. Don't kiss. If you're trying to prove a point to Han Solo, don't prove it that way. Yeah, kiss the <laughs> Wookiee instead. God, do you think they ever talked about that? No. No. They for sure did. Han for sure brought it up drunk at, like, a family oh, thing. Every, every, like, every, every time, every time. Leia got into a fight, he would totally be like, hey, remember that time? That's why Kylo Ren is like, I have to defeat my uncle. He was like, Luke is obviously the reason why my parents' marriage is dysfunctional. I must rid the world of this man. <laughs> Hon- like, honestly, there's a lot of things playing against Ben Solo. Like, <laughs> some sweet cinnamon roll boy. 
<laughs> no one wanted to talk about Darth Vader and explain to him the, what the deal was. But he heard plenty about his mom and his uncle accidentally kissing. Yeah. Uh, Han's just complaining about it to him. He's like, I know. I gotta move out, man. I gotta go. I gotta go. He's, He's like, please. I gotta move out. It's, it's, a, it's a two for one. He moves high school musical too. He's like, I gotta go. I'm like, oh, that's what I was just thinking. <laughs> At the temple, just like with the dramatic dance. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, oh my god. We ended. We, it was such a nice little rap note where we were like, this show informs so much, and then it just went off the <laughs> rail secretly. Honestly, I think when he's going down the hallway, killing everybody, Darth Vader, he's actually listening to Get Your Head in the Game. Oh, oh, Maggie, if we're going to school musical, he's for sure doing I Wanna Scream. Ah. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker, when all the like the spaceships come together, pose blasting. We're all in this. <laughs> in their sound system, so everybody has to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> no that choice, and it's on a loop. That's why they're so inclined to do it quickly so that Poe will turn it off because it's the fifth time they've heard it in a row. No, that's why they didn't come during The Last Jedi. They were playing They were playing Wildcats. Uh, if you can't tell, I know all the music from High School Musical. What about the High School Musical this year? Pass. <laughs> okay, before this turns into a High School a Musical episode. between Maggie and Rachel, I'm going to wrap it up by asking if there's anything else to say about Episode 5. I do have to give a shout out to Ned B for his, uh, his sacrifice Aww. as well. Yes. Ned B, uh, like that's just that moment, that look between Tala and Ned B. Just if there's a if that's a if there's a tear jerking moment, it's that one. That's it. it was it was tragic. But. Yes, yeah. And if our current listeners listen to the After Dark, you'll know that was a look that apparently launched a bunch of fanfics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm making this face because I went through the Kenobi archive yesterday to see like what had been updated, and there's more than one now. There's a few. Oh, there's wow. a few. It works. Are they doing a, a word we can't say? Yeah, well, I was gonna say like <laughs> no thoughts, head empty, only Hayden Christian. Five out of five. Face. Uh, yeah, the temptation to grow my Padawan braid back out again, like no. No. wore that two years. It did make me want him to come back to another Comic Con, so me and Arzu can just stare at him again. Uh, yeah. Okay, I got the chance to interview him for work. Yeah, you last did. week, and I was half expecting him to look at me and be like, "Are you the one who was lurking at New York Comic Con?" <sighs> Ma'am, he just saw you a month ago. Yeah, he didn't talk to me that. He, oh, he so looked at worse. us. He, he looked, looked at us. Are you the one who's constantly lurking in the he background? You to me, but always you there. You were lurking with a tall girl and then a short one named Rachel, who I only remember because I have another Rachel who's more. <laughs> You're the one who said hi really awkwardly twice. That was you. All right, hi. so wrapping it up. Candace, where can everybody find you online? Find me on Twitter at Candace Ziggy. And Maggie. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie of the Town. And Norhal. You can find me on Twitter at Norhal. Rachel. You can find me on Twitter at Rachel Eastman or on Instagram at Rachel underscore Lee. And Andrew. You can find Outer Rim Reads on Twitter at Outer Rim Read Pod. Or if you want to follow my personal account, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew Gayha6. And as for me, you can find me on Twitter at 
Arzu Amin, and you can find the Geeky Waffle on Twitter at geeky underscore waffle, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at the Geeky Waffle. We are at thegeekywaffle.com and patreon.com slash thegeekywaffle if you want to hear the nonsense we were just talking about. Yeah, the Kenobi episode is live. Oh, the Kenobi episode is live. There because we go. Because everything that went to hell, I didn't feel appropriate promoting a horny rambling. But it's, it's there. And it's on <laughs> Patreon. Where people and give $3 or more a month. None of us were sober. So if that's an added inclination, feel free to check that out on Patreon. So that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. Hayden Christensen has a beautiful face. Yes. And may the waffles be with you.